I have with me Timothy Gordon. He is the author of Rules for Retrogrades and former chairman of theology at Grace Gorgeous Memorial in California. And we talked about this before, earlier this week, or maybe even last week. He disagreed. He spoke up, and he was he lost his job for it. That's evil. Timothy, thank you so much for coming on. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. Yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and and uh, happy White History Month, man. Most happy White History Month to you and all your staff. And that song that I just heard was um, a chart topper. I and know. It's an amazing song. It's you done know. by one of the members of my organization, and he is a, a major entertainer. He's a really performed very well. I thank you for that, man. I appreciate that. Beautiful. And, and so uh, you were fired from your job as, as chairman of theology. And tell us exactly what happened, and were you surprised that you were fired? Yeah, two two questions in there. I'll answer the first one first, second one second. I had made, I, I have a, a large uh, social media footprint as a uh, cultural conservative Catholic commentator. And I've had it for a couple years as theology department chairman of the school, Garces. We, we're in a kind of conservative area of California, and there's a conservative uh, electorate for the school to draw its parents and students from. So they always kind of liked for the faithful Catholics and the political conservatives in town, they liked having me on staff because I was a well-known, well-known personality. They still had liberals on staff, all the problems of typical Catholic diocesan kind of modernism. They had that too, so they're keeping two balls up in the air. That's the, the context to all this. It, it's been summer break, obviously, so it's a, a lower scrutiny on teachers than anyway, which is why it's weird that I got fired. But right. in late May, with all of the murder and arson and mayhem that was going on on our television, television screens every night, I, uh, I was making a series of tweets and I made a show um, uh, a, a show with a, a black MAGA, Henry Davis, and... It was around that time. I was fired on June the 3rd, right? So I had a number of tweets about Black Lives Matter. The yeah. one that I think actually got me was me venturing out there onto the branch to say <laughs> BLM is a racist, uh, sorry, is a terrorist organization. Yeah. BLM is a terrorist organization, which is a matter of pure historical fact. That is true. It's true. I mean, it, it, the, the FBI designated them thus in 2017 and now – you know, Giuliani's saying it, Trump's saying it. Um, I'm glad that, that I was kind of at the beginning here, yeah. at least in 2020. But so it was June 3rd, uh, a petition arose against me, 146 names. You have to understand, I'm, I'm very popular at the school, even though I'm, I'm conservative and people aren't used to that. Um, 146 names. I taught, I think, well under half of them ever. So the other ones were just piling on. Right. There were students who knew about me in the area. Some of them didn't even go to Garces. Uh, many of them were just the liberal dissenting Catholics who always rolled their eyes at the church's teaching on abortion, contraception, gay marriage. Right. And they did so in class. Some of them, it was uh, ex-discipline problems, literally uh, trying to get back at me, petty stuff. So within four hours, I'd say, Jesse, by that evening, 
I received an email while I was interviewing Henry Davis, no less. Ironically, you can see if you go look <laughs> at me, Timothy Gordon, uh, on YouTube, the video where I'm in, interviewing Henry Davis, you see my wife come in and, and you see she gives me the cutthroat sign, you know, three to four hours later. And I, uh, you know, I was like shocked, but I just went on with the interview because I knew I'd be okay. The second part of the question is this is very surprising because the school had uh, prayed for my eldest daughter. I got six kids. Abigail is the eldest who was born in Italy with brain problems. Um, and she'd had her fifth and largest brain surgery not two months before they fired me. And the school had been praying and sending out email type updates and things like that, pretending to be familial type supportive. So they let me go knowing full well that after July, Abigail, who had just had hemispherectomy of the left side, of her brain would no longer have that insurance. So it's, it's a really remarkable thing. A, a great um, petition went up, you know, uh, on timothyjgordon.com where people donated and it's been really lovely conservatives and Catholics around the country, but oh, didn't get much of that love locally. Yeah. Um, what are they afraid of? Why would they fire you? You were not wrong. Why did they fire you? What are they afraid of? I think like, like I've heard you talk about on your show, it doesn't take much cunning in brainwashed 2020 America to fool a lot of the people in the middle. I mean, BLM has something like 70% of the support of common Americans, pretty much at the titular level, just because of the title. You know, if, you're, if you ever want to be a, a terrorist in America, call your organization something like don't kill kittens because people feel they don't like to disagree with that. I, I don't want to be seen as I kill kittens. BLM, as you know, is completely corrupt. Yeah. It's completely racist itself and a, a genuinely Marxist terrorist organization. They don't care though. People have little use for facts. Don't they today? Jesse? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm blown away that black lives matter was founded by a bunch of fat black radical lesbians worshiping the KKK and they have white people bowing down to them people burning down businesses and buildings and killing other people and tearing down behind lesbians how did where is God nope nowhere to be found in terms of the personnel or the policies of Black Lives Matter it's really important to note that yeah it's not just random people who are cowardly they have a, a yellow you know a cowardly streak that are bowing down to them and kneeling to them in the streets it's it's at the level of corporate america this has been a policy that has been green lighted and these corporate uh executives they all follow the same playbook so when when you turn on your tv people out there and you see that Everyone else is on COVID-19 lockdown. What, what, you know, what's going on? <laughs> These guys are out there doing unlawful stuff in the streets that they shouldn't be allowed to do yeah. without a lockdown happening. Why, why do they get to step between the raindrops? It's because the corporate and the um, academy collusion uh, has produced a kind of uh, bromide where these people are literally allowed to do it. They're, they're a higher class and... All of the corporates and the corporations in America and all of the companies support what they're doing. And so they literally are, it's not as if they're playing by a different rule book. 
they're playing with no rule book. They're not bound at all. Right. So it's frightening for cowards, I, I'd imagine, but I don't know. Amazing. Uh, um, I, when I read that you had six children and you're white, I'm like, right on, making white babies. We need white babies, so keep it up. <laughs> that's my job, man. That's, that's my vocation from God. <laughs> Making making little babies who happen to be white. It's an accidental. Pro- We're brothers from other mothers, but uh, yeah, making babies is my vocation. If I don't become a an ordained priest, so that's right. Um, how did you? How your wife handling this? Uh, and I didn't know about your daughter, but knowing about that and this is happening, how is she dealing with it? Um, excellently. She's she's uncommonly tough. A lot of guys say that. Most of them are just saying it because of the vile feminism that's in the air. So they, they say things that have become <laughs> a to my, my wife had a, 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 really, a really tough childhood, and she is uh, uncommonly tough, uh, sui generis. We, you know, we're, we're, moving. we're moving out of state to Mississippi, actually, uh, get, getting out of California because this was the last straw. Luckily, my media footprint with rules for retrogrades, actually, here's, here's what the book looks like. It's a playbook for defeating the radical left. Amazing. Oh, my brother. And I've been using it. Right uh, on. Full honesty. So it's, it's a big enough footprint that we can kind of, looks like we're going to be able to just transition to doing what I've been doing for the last several years full time and then, then operate out of a better state than California, which would be Mississippi. But, but Mississippi, I will tell you this. oh, go ahead. Sorry, it got weird. It got wild locally in Bakersfield after this happened. Uh, here's the the local rag. Uh, you know, they were really they were really rough on me. Even though this is probably the most conservative city in California, it was rough, and that was that was weird for my wife. Even though she's tough, um, because they were so they were really dragging me in the local media. I have friends in the national media that have been you know, lionizing me, but local media has been weird and it's a pretty big town. Bakersfield. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's been odd. That was weird for my wife and weird for my family. Are you, well, I know you're concerned for your life and your family lives. lives. Are you afraid? No, no. I mean, I, I don't know, man, there's no time for fear. Like, like Caesar said, right. That coward dies a thousand deaths. Yeah. I prefer to just die one. There's not for, also, we live on a nice, side of the town and it's just been more stuff like um go for we go for walks every day as part of uh abby's rehabilitation uh, we're actually wheeling her in her wheelchair but whole family since abby got out of the hospital two months ago we've been doing five mile walks so we'll see neighbors you know that you that we haven't seen in quite a while on opposite ends of the neighborhood yeah i think it was about a week after all this happened i got fired on june 3rd right at like a week later, we started hitting some neighbors on parts of the neighborhood we hadn't seen for a few months. And we got the kind of cold shoulder snub um, from actually from one of them was a, a known conservative to me. Wow. So really strange to have the the media lies hitting home. Our, our, our next door neighbor, we were like, hey, we don't know if there's going to be like BL, there is BLM in town. So we're, we're getting out of town. But will you just keep an eye on the house? Because and he kind of cut me off. He was like, "Oh, I saw. I was on all three local news stations, yeah. the, the 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 newspaper, and uh, and a radio station. I did one interview, and that guy was being smarmy. So, even though it's a conservative town, it's been the worst. Uh, a prophet ain't recognized in his hometown. Well, the the fortunate thing about this, at least now you know who your friends are not. 
<laughs> you know your friends. Right. Yeah, one of our rules for retrogrades is um, never trust a man who's afraid to have enemies. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, knowing who your friends are not is the first step in knowing who your friends really are. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. In the uh, in your oh, I want to say down in Mississippi, they're kind of caving too. We did a story where they're taking uh, uh, changing the flag and all that crap as though that gonna make things better. So I'm not sure Mississippi is a good place to be going right now. Well, where can you? I mean, you gotta. Uh, we, we, that was all going on when we went down there to um, pick a pick a domicile uh last week that was big in the paper every day i'd wake up at our hotel we were in an rv too to get out there wake up go in and get breakfast at the hotel and then check on the flag thing because i think yeah i think they got a beautiful flag i, I don't yeah. know uh, i don't know why anyone there would would want to change it and it was disappointing because i thought mississippians would be like what are you talking about me too i was surprised to hear that about mississippi I was I was disappointed, but hey, man, you got to live somewhere. I'm open to suggestions. Where else can you live? If not Mississippi, uh, I don't know Alabama. Where, where can you go where people are half sane? Well, the one thing about and I thought about this the other day, and I talked about it on the show, is that these evil is everywhere, and that's why you must have faith in God. And at some point, you got to just stand and stand up for good because these evil would go and destroy. It would destroy you within if you don't deal with it and overcome it, and it would destroy you without. And these people are evil, and they are spread around the country. And really, there's nowhere to go. You just got to stand and 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 fight evil with good. Well, evil, what its primary job is, particularly after the French Revolution failed in 1789, Jesse, the— the Masons and the kind of Marxists got together and they said, what we need to do is to infiltrate the institutions of Western civilization. Yeah. And their big goal was the, the Roman Catholic Church. But all of the institutions that were formerly associated with being bulwarks of Western civilization now are compromised, including the, the personnel, not the doctrine that, that's never touchable. The personnel of the Roman Catholic Church, which I kind of represent, and... Um, um, so, yeah, what they've done is they've infiltrated and they've softened the ground for Marxist ideas, Masonic ideas to be kind of trickled down from the top. And now they're not being pitched the way they were being pitched at the French Revolution. Yeah. It, we, we oppose you. That's an attack on Christendom from without. This is an attack on Christendom from within. So infiltration is the key step. Yeah. Are you afraid? I mean, not afraid, but are you surprised how weak men are today because men are running faster than the women they are they are men i i, I mean 99 out of 100 men are betas and and particularly <laughs> beta man. i'm talking about christian yeah. conservative men i'm yeah. talking about christian conservative men they were portrayed as ned flanders from the simpsons for so long that they began believing it yeah they were listening to the mischaracterizations of the left as to what christian humility requires they didn't remember we were, we were fighting the crusades uh, against the mohammedans right and and that all of these except the fourth crusade were were holy wars um be because they they made mistakes against the jews there but all crusades are holy wars and and uh yeah. and humility was not breached in, in the crusades just by showing military strength humility was exercised therein yeah. and and so these guys christians and conservatives are the ultimate betas 
<laughs> and there's nothing wrong with what really, if you want to make me laugh, have these guys like on a lot of the, the more conservative leaning networks, like laugh at the left. What are you laughing about, man? Look at the scoreboard, dude. Yeah. The scoreboard shows you're getting whooped. Yeah. And the only thing wrong with the left is the position they stand for the way they play and they play hard and they're relentless and they're ceaseless in their attack is almost admirable. The right, there's everything wrong with us on the right, Christians and conservatives. We stand by, and then we laugh as we're getting we're getting fifty piece. (laughs) So you you criticize conservatives, and you're right for their weakness, saying that they need to be more on the offense. How for those that don't know how to be on the offense, what does that mean? What action do you take? What do you suggest? Well, that's, that's really, I, I mean, I'm not just trying to just shamelessly plug this book, but oh, rule of course. One, it's, it's 40 rules for retrogrades, <laughs> and they're, they're specific stuff, and they're helpful. Number one is always be on offense. Chess grandmasters know it. Military generals know it. Football coaches know it. They know that their defensive coordinator, who says I'm the most important coach on this team, is not really. You need offense to win. Yeah. Cowardly conservatives love the Greg Popovich line that defense wins championships. It actually doesn't. It's a cliche that ultimately is not true. If you have the greatest defense in the world, the best you're guaranteed is a tie. And, and uh, I mean, think of boxers. You can't throw a strong punch backing up from your back foot. Right. Even if you're covering up, you got to counter punch with, with, with hooks and and choppy punches that where you can generate power from a formerly defensive position everyone knows it except the christian conservative that you must be on offense to win you can't just all so if somebody asks you in a debate like what why do you why do you hate women uh, you know because <laughs> i see you're you're anti-abortion you say wait i'm not going to answer that why do you hate women? Why do you hate blacks? Yeah. Why do you want to kill little black babies? And why do you not want to hold women accountable for having abortions? It's bad for the soul to not hold people accountable. That's for right. Murder. So that's how you go on the offense. You, you, you speak how I speak. It's rule for retrograde. Number one, you don't win championships with defense. It's nonsense. Cowards hold it up because it justifies and it back justifies their ability to continue to be cowards and still look semi-dignified. Amazing. In your book, Rules for Retrograde, you describe being one of God's spies. What do you mean by that? I love that, and it sounds good, but what do you exactly mean? What do you mean by that? It's a Shakespearean term, and it just means that, look, we try, we Christians tried, the, particularly over the, the course of the 20th century, we tried the Ned Flanders thing, right? I'm not saying you, you, you never break the Decalogue, right? Because that's grave matter, the, the Ten Commandments. You always follow that. But aside from that, you want to do like a half cover thing, not deep cover, where you start, you know, looking and sounding like an actual criminal, like Lawrence Fishburne in the movie called Deep Cover. But half cover where you, you got to look tough. You got to lift weights. There's nothing wrong with talking tough. And there's nothing wrong with when you're dealing with a mostly secular audience that's aggressive to you. If you're going to evangelize them, you can use the natural law as well as the supernatural law. And the, the best natural law, law, law principle for being winsome 
uh, for converting people is first off, just showing them you're good at what you do. You got to be good at a lot of different things. Right. And you can't just be the, the joke Christian. It's like, well, I'm on a mission trip or I want to, <laughs> I want to convert you. Like, even as you're laughing at me, it's like, no, first you got to yeah. win the debate. Yeah. First you got to look like the tougher guy. Then people will want to follow you. Very, very true, man. I totally agree to that. When I was growing up, Christianity was very strong. It was different then than it is today. I never imagined for a second while growing up, and I grew up in Alabama on a plantation and all that, under the Jim Crow laws, but it was strong. And I never imagined that it would be so watered down and so weak and just about reading the Bible, thumping. And do you know exactly what happened to cause it to become so weak? Yeah, well, I, I, I actually do. This is, this is part of, a big part of my platform is there was a very specific effort in, in the beginning of the 1800s to, uh, there's actually a document called the Alta Vendita. It was an intercepted document from the P2, a high-ranking Italian uh, uh, Masonic Lodge that the popes of the middle 20th century, back when the popes were, were, were chads, back when they were awesome, you know, not, not, not communists, um, that they intercepted, notably Leo Thirteenth is my favorite, that guy is... Whew, He's, I can't believe he's not a saint, but they were literally saying every Christian needs to read this intercepted document called the Alta Vendita. It, it is the Masons and the worldwide leftists, the globalists, saying what they want to do in the next century. That next century would be the 20th century, of course. They want to soften the ground by getting into the church and to um, water down the ideas and basically water the ideas so far down that they were pitching Marxism and, and Freemasonry without even saying this is Marxism and Freemasonry. And it, it worked so well. I mean, look at the pontificate of Francis. Yeah. It, it, if you want to look no further, this is the culmination of that. Christianity now teaches uh, not the true Catholic social teachings. I mean, they're still there. They're unmolested. But what are the ones that are spoken of from the pulpit? Immigration eco-nonsense, green nonsense, environment, and, um, you know, it's been very well documented in the Catholic Church that they're like, we got to get away from the issues of the loins, the people, you know, being obsessed <laughs> with that. It's like, well, that's why most people end up going to hell, yeah. because of the issues of the loins. Yeah. Who cares yeah. about immigration or, or the environment? That's, that's paganism. That's amazing. Timothy, I was, when I first heard what had happened to you, I'm like, how can this happen? This is America. This should not be happening. But after speaking to you now, I feel satisfied. I really am grateful to see how well and, and in the right way you're dealing with all this. And your family is blessed to have a husband and a father who is dealing with this stuff without fear and without anger. It's amazing, man. Thank you, brother. I, I mean, th there's no room for fear, number one. Right. So we were a little shocked on June 3rd. But I knew that, you know, uh, behold the fowls of the air, remember, in, in Matthew's gospel, where it's like, look, the birds aren't worried about their food storage or their next couple couple weeks. And because <laughs> people have been so generous, uh, going to timothyjgordon.com and clicking donate, which which was and, and is necessary, frankly, yes, um, and helpful. Absolutely. Before we had that, I, I knew there would be something that, that God would use to take care of us. 
and and he has. So um, having faith, faithfulness will always pay dividends. Absolutely. And, and we got to fight ahead of us, man. We got to prepare for a real fight. And that's what you're doing on your channel is getting people ready. Uh, White History Month. And <laughs> great rhetoric like that is what we need now. A lot of it's rule four, laughter is war. Uh, uh, and, and it's really, really important, Reese's Bellamest, to understand this is gallows humor. This is the humor that people have in the trenches because it, it saves lives when you're in amidst a warfare uh, and, and serious battle. You got to laugh and you got to make la- jokes about the opponent. When you, I really appreciate you, though. When you, you, thank you. When you first heard of white history, this is our third year. What was your first impression? Well, I, I mean, I, 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 my first impression was I thought it was hilarious, but it's ridiculous <laughs> that, that you laugh at that. Everyone else has got one. Right. right? That's what, right. What, what people don't understand now because they're historical illiterates is the, the, you know, the, the Christians who were oppressed by Nero in the first century AD, the Jews who were oppressed by Hitler in the early 30s in Germany, they were the aggressor never, ever, ever casts the, the weak party that they're about to oppress as the weak party. The oppressor always, even going back to Nero, says, look how powerful these Christians are becoming. Hitler, with the Jews, he didn't say, oh, the little Jews, the way we think about them in America, <laughs> blacks, Catholics, Jews. He was like, the Jews are the powerful banking class. They're the ones, after Weimar Republic, that are you know taking all our jobs. They're the, they're the most powerful ones. We need to strike back at them. Does this sound familiar? Amid White History Month, <laughs> yeah. you know the, the straight white male. He's he's mean. Yeah. You justify and stir up hatred and um, invidious rancor against the class that you're claiming is the aggressor, when really they're they're the victims. It's scary watching uh, what's happening to the straight white male in America. It really is. It's amazing, Timothy. So tell the people how to get uh, rules for uh, uh, retrogrades and your site, whatever information you want to give out. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, so this book is uh, was selling really well last week and the week before. It's Rules for Retrogrades. You can go to Amazon.com and get Rules for Retrogrades. Uh, it, I think it's on sale right now, ec- extra sale. Also, Timothy J. Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N.com is where people have been incredibly generous. TimothyJGordon.com, just click donate. I also give classes I moved my, because I'm a teacher, a teacher at heart. I moved my classes in Aristotle's ethics class in fall and a church history class in fall to an online model. You click enroll, donate or enroll. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm fighting, I'm fighting in the trenches for everyone out there and I'm not afraid and I'm, I'm glad to lead from the front. And God is with you, man, and and your family. I'm glad to see that this day. So I really wish you well. And if we could be of any help to you, let us know. We'll be happy to do it. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson Radio Show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it.